Hey everyone, Kaprogman here. Did you know that we have a Patreon page? That's right, if you go to patreon.com slash wafflingtailors, you can help support the show. It turns out the podcasts aren't free. I mean, they're free to download, but they're not really free to create, kind of, because you have to host them somewhere. Anyway, what we're after doing is we're after trying to make sure that we're fully funded. We're obviously doing this off of our own backs, and we are loving it, because it's loads of fun. But uh, you can help out if you want from as little as $1 a month, and if you do that, you get loads of bonus content. If you go there now, you'll see that there's already a whole bunch of bonus content for the $1 tier already. We're planning on releasing a bunch of bonus episodes under the $5 tier, except that we've got one coming up that is going to be under the $1 tier, just to see how you guys feel and what you think about it. So head over to patreon.com slash wafflingtailors and give us a look and uh, maybe help us out. See you later, Squidgy! See you later, Squidgy! Wait, have you got two cans of Monster open? Yep. You've got velvet flavour and silver flavour. Double packed. To the owner of the velvet flavour and the standard flavour. Please move their confectionery out of the car park. You're making fun, but does the purple Monster not taste of velvet? Black velvet or just standard velvet? It tastes of violet. No, right. Ah. Right, it says it tastes of violet. It tastes of ultraviolet. Right, give it a taste. Tell me whether it tastes like you've just licked a violet carpet. Welcome to the Waffling Tailors Podcast. I am Kaprogman, one of your hosts, and with us all, as always, is Squidgy. Hashtag, hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hashtag, hello, Squidgy. Yes, indeed. And with us, joining us this time, in order of seniority, first up, <laughs> it's G. Hello, G, how are you? I'm uh, living the life, as you can it's, no doubt it's, tell. It's G, hashtag, don't call me Audrey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also joining us from a satellite connection through to space, but there's not really in space. It's the B. How are you, the B? Hello, I am ampersand confused because that's how I like to be ampersand that's, confused. That's how you roll. Yeah, that's I, how you roll. I'm, I'm, I, I, I think hashtags are not good for me, so I would like to go with ampersand. That's my uh, social media. It's my social media trending of choice. Ampersand. It's because he's a f- hipster, that's why. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, this is going to be good. We've F-bombed already. Why waste time? Get, it, get out of the way, Ellie. <laughs> Go on, then. Let, let's do this. So, B, swear. No. There's no need for that kind of coarse language, B. I'm sorry, but that's really f- offensive. You want me to be offensive? And I'll join in. Paul. There we go. Yes! Hashtag blue episode number two. Tell me it's going to be hashtag and then you beep out. Yes! Yes! Don't worry, that is going to get bleeped out, don't worry. About it. I'll be very offensive. Super Mario is just okay. I'll be offensive. Superman 64 was an awesome game. Oh, no, no, that's disgusting. Go, t- take that, you take that back. You, you, leave, you take that back right now. I've got to be careful where I say that. I could get killed some places where I live in Cakeland if I say stuff like that. It's disgusting. I will offend you in one sentence. Don't fart. I like to eat one slice of cake and then throw the rest in the bin. Oh, shit, no, that's just, yeah, that's beyond the pale. Ampersand, beyond the pale. Nope. 
Maybe I should boot you off the show for that. That's how bad that is. <laughs> off the show? I pay for the show. Yeah, you, you can still pay for it and edit it, but it's mine now. Go on, get out. So welcome to the Waffling Tailors podcast. I'm your new host, and this is the show in which we don't know what's going to happen. We may have stolen that tagline from somewhere else. I can't think. How are, how is everyone this uh, so, evening? So the new host, within about three minutes, has got his copyright strike already. So, G, you're a new host. I'm taking a coup. This is a, this is a terrible idea. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to rotate hosts every five minutes, yeah. <laughs> Rotating horse every five minutes. Let's rotate the ball. Well, I'm in a spinny chair, so I'm set. Number Wang. That's his number Wang. <laughs> Change places. Well, you know what? I'm going to probably left the room, but he left his stench, didn't he? I mean, seriously. What an intro. Fairly magnificent in a horrifying kind of way. I told you to get out. What, what are you doing? I got rid of you. You still let it in pain for it. Stop off. Okay. Stay, for God's sake, stay. You have to wake the laptop. Down, chap. The magic of audio. What do you mean magic of audio? I kicked him out twice. I like to think we painted a picture there with our ears. Well, with noise. For the ears <laughs> of our listeners. So you're saying... Uh, you're saying we've rubbed paint on our earlobes and smushed them against the canvas. I've never been that good at art. It was, hey, hey, it was not hey, my hey, strongest hey. subject. I passed art in secondary school doing that. Ears and <laughs> cheeks, right? <laughs> It wasn't the prettiest of things, but I passed. There's the title for the episode. He is a <laughs> cheeks. <laughs> they were not mine. None of them. Can I just say the title of the episode <laughs> should be He is an <laughs> cheeks. Subtitle, Still Not Yet the Cupboard of Shame. So, joining us... Get, oh, get us back on track, come on. Yes. So, <laughs> with us, as normal, is Squidgy. Hashtag say hello, Squidgy. Hashtag hello, Squidgy. Indeed. We're going to have... a. Right, so uh, just breaking the fourth wall for a moment, I want as many uh, listeners as possible to send in an audio clip of them saying, Hello, Squidgy! And we can cut them all together and put them out as a bonus thing for the end of the year. I need that to happen before uh, December 27th of 2018. And so, then I can cut it all together and release it on New Year's Day 2019. So, you are on it, Twitter. Get it done. So we're, we're going to have the unofficial Jay-Z. That's it. Don't worry. We'll have we've, the unofficial Jay-Z. Don't worry. I'll call them out right, right now. We want the unofficial Jay-Z. We want Lulu. We've already got G and B. I will I will convince them later on today. Hey, it rhymes. Right? So we've got the unofficial Jay-Z. We've got Lulu. We've got Dylan, Adrian, and all the other dudes of the um, Arcade Attack podcast. I know the rest of the dudes from the Coding Blocks podcast. I will ask them. In person, you have been called out already, but I will ask you in person before this goes out live. I want everyone involved with the podcast to say hello, Squidgy. Oh, so I, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. I have to, I have to get in contact with Chief. I've got to do all the work, have I? Getting, getting, getting my phone, texting him, getting in contact with him, meeting up with him, and getting the recording. I have to do all that work. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> Stop slamming my door, you. The pixies downstairs don't like it. The chickens are ferocious around here. You've got to be careful. What? I can't say anything without offending you. Stop slamming my door. You're regretting this decision, aren't you? Right then. Okay. You're regretting this decision. You said podcast, not pantomime. (laughs) Oh, no. That was easy, wasn't it? Uh, All shamrocks? Yes. I've hung up for flesh. All right, Macho Man Randy Savage, give up. Oh, yeah. 
So with us this time is it's Squidgy as always, the B, the G, the G, the G. You are if that important. The G brackets, not Audrey, and Macho Man Randy Savage. It's a packed podcast this this episode, isn't it? Some guests. I'm surprised we can all fit in here. (laughs) That's why I had to beam in via satellite because it's the only way you could fit me in. I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm leaving right after you. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Okay, so right, this is going to be difficult for me to manage, but I'm going to try. So we've got <laughs> we've got Squidgy, we've got G, we've got sorry, we've got G brackets. Don't call me Audrey brackets. We've got the B. We've got Magic Man and Randy Savage. Who else have we got here with us? The sound of silence, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> Indeed, in spirit only. <laughs> can, can, can I just ask for something really quick? It's I don't have much of an ego, but it would it be possible if I asked really nicely? Could I get a hello squidgy? From- that would be absolutely fine. What right now? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody told me there was prep work. I, I, I didn't, I don't want- That's why I asked. It didn't have to be right now. But I never warmed up for this. We could do it right now. I've got to do stretching. I'm worried that he's saying he's got to do stretching and rubbing his knees at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Foolish I'm, mortal. I'm, <laughs> I'm, on my knees. I'm, I'm not We're, we're, we're just talking about is and anyway, um, <laughs> hello, Squidgy. No, no, I, I said you, B, not Macho Man Ready Savage. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Also, ow. My tinnitus thanks you in advance. As does mine. RIP headphone users. RIP <laughs> me who's got a fucking idiot. I'm seeing stars. Ah. Oh. Okay, right, yes, so this is the Waffling Tellers Podcast. If you haven't figured out that this is the Waffling Tellers Podcast, and you're already... We're sorry. Well, yes, indeed. We're sorry. We are sorry. You should maybe tune into something else. Because <laughs> if you've made it this far... And I'm you- cut. <laughs> Welcome back to the Waffling Tellers podcast. Um, Just sticking a spiral there. That's somewhere. exactly yeah. it. Um, so this is the Waffling Tellers podcast. We are like 27 episodes in by now. So if you don't know who we are, then um, I'm Shut not going to tell you. <laughs> no, that's not nice. That's not nice, nice to the listeners. Ugh. No, 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 no. I wasn't talking to you. I was, I was talking to the B. Sort off, B. <laughs> we get you on so we can tell you to sort off. So welcome to the Waffling Tellers podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about nonsense and video games, not video. necessarily in that order, as you will have guessed by this point. This is the 27th intro of the 27th episode. We've been here for nine hours. Can someone just get on with the plot? Nine hours? I've been preparing this for 27 days. That's why he smells so bad. <laughs> That's why he smells so bad. That's the name of the episode. Oh, God. 18 minutes. 18 <laughs> minutes we've been recording. <laughs> it isn't. Jesus. Yes, it is. Oh, God. If we talk about the um, the Catholic version of Pokemon Go, then yes, Jesus will be making entrance. Uh, is it back in Ghost? What's it like being... You're going to have to tell us what's it like being, because I know you've got it and played it. I was going to say, you, you, I, I, we have to also broach the subject of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 where a church did a sign outside that said, um, the real redemption is Jesus. I saw that as well. <laughs> it's just like, wow, okay. <laughs> Trying to be down with the kids. 
by the way, B, you're saying it wrong. It's oh, not no. Red Dead Redemption. It's Grand Theft Horsey. Grand Theft Horsey. <laughs> the Waffle in Taylor's episode 27, Grand Theft Horsey. Oh, yes. That's why it smells so bad. <laughs> that subtitle, Jane, <laughs> is why it smells so bad. By the time this episode comes out, it is old, it is news. <laughs> um, the Vatican okayed a version of the Global Offensive. So for those of you who don't know, Pokemon Go, the G-O in Go means Global Offensive. There is now a JC Go, or Jesus Christ Global Offensive, where you essentially walk around with your phone in your hand and go, Oh, look, I found St. Andrew. And then you want to unlock St. Andrew. Now, the problem is you've got to be able to do that voice, and I can't, so I can't install it. So you won't win. It's that simple. It's been a while since the last time they did one, though, isn't it? You've got a voice. No, the Global Offensive. What's that? What century was the Crusades? That's a really good point. I was going to say 1990, but that was Desert Storm, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different. His- history, not this podcast's strong point. <laughs> we found our weakness, and it's his- history when it's not in an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> hey, I'm the weakness. Oh, <laughs> so, yes, that is a thing I want to talk about. The other thing I want to talk about, I know, Squidgy, you brought it up last time when we talked with Jay-Z, you talked about how um, in the then-upcoming Red Den River... Red Dead Redemption 2 game. Um, the horse's genitalia would waddle, wobble about the place. But now it has been revealed that in the game during cold seasons, the horse genitalia will literally shrink. Shrinkage. It's, it's a way of life. Obviously, they were in the pool, and all two of the Seinfeld fans who listen to the show will get that joke. One of whom is in this room. Yeah. It's Jay. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. And the other person is is me. You can't sell yourself twice because he's the host. So he gets that privilege. All of the syndication that's still going, it's just for him. That's that's so exactly it. Hopefully we can get this show into syndication. Then we can make Seinfeld money. Hopefully we can get you on medication. Well it ends in Asian, that's close enough. Alienation. Deviation. Let's not go further with that because we know where it's, that's going to go. That's his number one. I'm going I'm to nip this in the bud right now before I know where this will go. Oh, yes, because we're going to respect your authority. <laughs> oh, no. You can nip your own bud, but you're not touching mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the time since we've last recorded... This um, has got to an 18 rating very fast. I will point out that it was only this morning that I finished editing the episodes that are going to have gone out by the time you're listening, if you're listening to this in the on the day that it was recorded, I edited the previous episodes like a month ago. We're recording it on that month ago. There are words there, and that didn't make okay, sense. So, so the timeline for this is somehow of a Doctor Who story. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I've never liked him since he started all these foreign languages. How many do you know? <laughs> At least some of them. That two runners line. Well, he can squeak many sandwiches, including Swedish, Turkish, Berkish, Jewish, Jewish, and rubbish. A mixture of all of them at the same time. So, Squidgy, what have you been playing? Oh, back to the plot now, are we? There's a plot. Clutching desperately at the plot. Clutching at summer. That's, that's why he can't <laughs> Listen, sit still. I'm not Italian, all right? Calm down. You're pointlessly airy. Well, look, just what have you been playing? <laughs> oh, it's like that, is it? No, 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 no. We've got guests. I can ask me there. 
ask the guests. First. Ask a little bit Yeah, he's not here till later <laughs> on. Should we ask the guests first? <laughs> what are you, Joe, from last time? Blah, 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 blah. It's like that. Right, so, Gee, what have you been playing? I have been subjecting myself to Destiny 2, Ooh. obviously, in the past few weeks. Forsaken dropped, um, which is a fairly major storyline expansion, and then offers alternative game modes as well. And it's been rather fun, I need to say, for the most part. They've just started offering up um, a new incentive to draw in new players. So the base game will be free on PC for anybody who chooses to claim it. Yeah, that's correct. 18th, yeah. Because with it Which being November. Hopefully we'll draw in a new player pool who will want to get hold of Forsaken for us veteran players who have had it since it released. Because they're also running an initiative where if you get someone within the first seven days of them starting to play Forsaken and they use your refer-a-friend link, then there are exclusive YFD Flash that you can earn within the game that you can't get any other way. So, uh, I see someone's gone into Meltdown in the corner. YFD <laughs> Flash. What's a YFD Flash? Is that a game term or just something that you said? I really hope it's so in-game. a YFD Flash is something that happens outside of Cakeland. No wonder I don't understand it. There you go. Well, there we go. Yeah. No, it's, um, most a lot of it's cosmetic stuff or pointless sort of vehicles, uh, skins. It's unique to that particular aspect of the game. So it's something that everybody, certainly within the groups that I've been frequenting online, has been pretty much there's several daily posts. Has anybody just got forsaken and wants to do refer a friend? There are a lot of extremely experienced players who are currently running around whimpering for noobs. I have, but no. <laughs> Indeed, there you go. So I've just started, but no, leave me alone. Yes, um, <laughs> so I've been hitting that quite hard, particularly the Gambit mode. They've just one of the new gameplay modes is kind of PVVP, PVVP, PVE VP. Oh right, okay. Do da, do da. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so you have it's multiplayer. It's um, team based, two teams of four, but you're in two arenas um, fighting standard PVE. Except when you hit certain landmarks for summoning the the boss monster at the end, you open a portal through to the other team's arena, and you can go in and mess with them. Yeah. And by mess with them, I mean shoot them and make them drop all their little tokens so they are delayed. That's what I do when I mess with people is I shoot them. See, see, Indeed. When, when and when you get to like boss level, the primeval, they call it, every time you kill one of the enemy team in their arena, it heals the boss on their side. So it makes it obviously that much more catastrophic and difficult. And it's all been rather fun. See, when you said that, when you said open a portal, I just imagined you were saying it opens a portal and mm. then all the characters from Borderlands... Come invade, so Tiny Tina starts throwing grenades, and then you've got like the sirens running through, and then you've got the psycho, and then out of nowhere, and then just everything starts. Now, that really is kind of the stuff that dreams are made of. I know it'll never happen, but that, it'd be, that it'd be would indeed cool. be a life to live. I would be happy yeah. with that. Yeah, as a Destiny character running into the Borderlands mythos, mm. would not be... the zenith of that be the sweary shotgun? <laughs> oh, the, the double barrel death, Aussie that's the swearing one, shotgun. The, the, the Australian mm. sweary shotgun. Mm. Do you know of this, B? 
I'm. <laughs> meanwhile, B is dying. <laughs> yes, the the um, Call of Blade swearing Doctor. god. Yeah, was it just in pre sequel or was it in the main two? I forget. Pre pre sequel, there was a, an Aussie swearing shotgun, and in Borderlands two, there was I can't remember the, the name bane, of it. Yeah. But there was the a, bane. No, there was that. It was the bane. Yeah, it was the, the SMG. Yeah, where you, you stood yeah, completely and just hit. And then there was that gun that um, that went pew, 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 like literally said the words pew, pew, pew when you shot it as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember that memory of there was there was me, you, and two of your friends on Borderlands 2, and we went against a boss, and there was four of them firing all in one go. Yeah. And it was just four, like, all you heard was, man, reloading, man. Off. In Borderlands 2, it's still kind of the, the challenge, isn't it, to do the um, the Bane and Hoplite yeah. shield yeah. challenge. The, <laughs> yeah. the Hoplite shield... Um, slows you down the more of you in the team have it. So if everybody has it, then you're all crawling, pretty much. And wielding the Bane also cripples your movement speed. So even though you're on full run, you are moving at a rate of <laughs> pixels forward as so, opposed to frames. So and any kind imagine of... the slow motion run from Baywatch. It's the Steve Austin weapon of choice. Definitely. Definitely. Not <laughs> obviously not WWE Steve Austin. I'm talking OD Steve Austin. <coughs> yeah. So that's 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 what you do when you get the. Um... I do think it's quite entertaining that they announced um, Borderlands 2 VR as like everyone thought there's going to be a new Borderlands project in the <laughs> works, and then they said, "Oh, it's Borderlands 2 VR," and I was just like, "I mean, Borderlands 2 is a great game. Don't get me wrong. I love my time with it. But I'm like, are people still that? I mean, I, I, to be fair." Mm-hmm. Saying if the people want to still play the game in 2018 isn't really the thing. It's more like that world in VR. I can only think that'd give me a headache. You know what I mean? <laughs> like rather than be a, a thing that I would actively want to play in VR. Which makes me think of something Squidgy told me about this morning about Diablo oh, and the God. big reveal that happened recently <laughs> to when we were oh, recording. Diablo model. Have, have you seen any of this? <laughs> of course, BC. I've, I've, seen, I've seen bits. And I've seen <laughs> it was his idea. It was his oh. idea. Yeah. So you're to blame. I, I saw a couple of screenshots. One of them was at BlizzCon, where you had like the, the demo thing, you know, where you could have a go. And they had a massive sectioned off area. Did you not like, see the uh, Q&A clip? I've seen like two shots of it. The the person at the Q&A at the reveal. Just the most... Oh, right, so... Right, this is horrible. So, you know, they did the reveal at the event and everything. And, you know, as I expect, it goes down like a bit of a bag of spanners. And then this one guy, they do the, does anyone from the audience want to ask any questions? And this one guy comes up and he's, and oh, it's just like the most asshole thing to do. Like, and I'm not a fan of this Diablo mobile, but don't be an asshole and do this. The guy comes up to the mic and when they ask him what he wants, so this is to the people on stage, uh, to the developers and saying, he goes, is this a, it's something like, is this a, is this an out of season April Fool's joke? God oh, damn. That's pretty savage. Oh, that is savage. Yeah, yeah. It's well like, oh, like ugh, I agree, not liking it, but don't be an asshole. Those people have spent years of their life working on it. Save that for Randy Pitchford. <laughs> you know, save it. Yeah, save that for Next Randy Pitchford. That- yeah. Waz <laughs> gets on stage, says, oh, there's a brilliant announcement, and then plays a bloody song. <laughs> Yes, right? Everybody was complaining about Diablo Mobile, right? It's now available for Switch, which makes it a mobile game anyway. Kind of like I, I think the the Switch version like is very close to the um 
fully grown version, for want of a better word. There's obviously a difference there to like, yeah, in terms of like a commercial thing of an actual mobile version compared to, you know, the the Switch version. Because like I say, the Switch version does feel a lot more like Diablo 3. Yeah, as to whether that would work, I don't think that would translate as well to a, a classic mobile thing, but obviously that's where Activision, et cetera, et cetera, Blizzard want to get some of the money there as well. But, you know, it's that, that sort of, you can't, I mean, I agree that it was silly of them to reveal it at a, an event that they charge people tickets to come see. People travel all the way around the world to come see and the hype up this thing and then it's, oh, it's a mobile game. That was a mistake on Blizzard's part. But to pe- for people to, like, thingy this mobile Diablo, uh, to, to malign it um, as if it's, you know, somehow... There's the whole hashtag not my Diablo movement now, and it's like you you don't have to play that one. You can ignore it. You know, it's not going to necessarily affect. If anything, I think the part of the backlash though was probably just from the tantalizing, deliberately tantalizing. Yes, Diablo the huge that's Yeah, I Diablo do. I do think that was an error on mm. on, on Blizzard's part for sure. Um, and I think the way they went about it is wrong. But yeah, I also feel a bit. Like I said, like I say, just I feel, I feel a, a a bit of a like there's a bit of a sense of entitlement that the thing that, that that they're trying to attack this mobile Diablo when they can just ignore it very easily. You know, thing is, there's always been a sense of entitlement Absolutely. when it comes to video games. Like we talked about this with I want to say all the way back in Switch, please. Right, there was yeah, a bunch of Mass Effect. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mass Effect Three came out. Nobody liked the ending. Yet people went out and bought the game anyway. And then even after the press came out and said, don't buy the game, it's Diabolical. People still went out and bought Diabolical. That's how bad it was. Yes, it was that bad. I can't even say the word. But it was that bad. It was panned. And people still bought the game. And then other things have happened since then, between then and now, where people have said, don't buy the game, it is terrible. And people have gone out and bought the game. It's like, it's almost like there's, okay, so there's this attachment of the label Gamer to certain groups of people. And when you attach the label gamer, there's two types of people who play video games. There's people like me who play them more casually. Who's like, yeah, I'll pick up Warriors Orich. I'm giving away some of my games I played. Get, pick up Warriors Orichy for a little bit, play that for about an hour and then drop out. I'm a bit like Jay-Z. Go see the previous episodes in the series. I'm a bit, indeed. You see, that person agrees with me, right? Indeed. I'm a bit like, <laughs> welcome to the Indeed cast. No, I w- <laughs> We've just been invaded by the uh, positive vibe squad. That's <laughs> it. We've been invaded by the Garanga gang. No, um- <laughs> But, right, so there's two types of video gamers, and uh, I hope you can hear the finger quotes I'm doing. There's the super serious hardcore, I need to play the game because I need to play it before everyone else because that's what I do and that's my hobby, although really it's a real life thing. But that's what I do. And there's the people who are, a little, who are a little bit more like me who are like, yeah, I'll play a game for five minutes and then I'll put it down and then maybe I'll come back to it in a few years' time. And for the people who are super serious about playing video games and, you know, the people who will join the queues and stand in queues at midnight launches and stand there for two hours to be able to buy their game. We both know the type of person we're talking about. Someone who mm-hmm. very recently on social media said, but it's shoes and you're releasing them at midnight. You know who I'm talking about, right? 
don't worry, I'll fill you in later on, Squidge. Don't worry about it. You'll You're looking. Try. No, <laughs> I will tell you what I mean later on. But there's the type, two types of people in video gaming. There's the I need to play the game right now, and I need to form my opinion, and then I need to tell everyone my opinion. And there's everyone else. And I feel like this reaction to Diablo M is very much. The, I need to tell everyone about my opinion. Even though I'm probably not going to buy this game, I'm going to join in in the, the, the hatred towards it. And I'll back that up with actual science, right? I was li- recently listening to an episode of the Radio Lab podcast. Everyone's falling asleep right now because I'm talking about non-video games. But I was listening to an episode of the Radio Lab podcast recently, and that gives you a clue as to when we were recording this, about the Orson Welles War of the Worlds broadcast. The next day, after the broadcast, the media went mental. There were stories about people thinking that, uh, stories in newspapers about people thinking that it was Nazis, people thinking that it was real, people that had actually seen spaceships in the air. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, a prominent psychologist went through and asked a whole bunch of these eyewitnesses, again in bunny quotes, what they'd seen. And they all reported, oh, well, I saw actual Martians, I saw Nazis, I saw people with green skin, I saw this and I saw that. And then they were asked, did you actually listen to the radio broadcast? And unequivocally, 75% of them said, no. So most of what I'm getting at is most of the people who were against this reveal weren't there, don't know anything about it, don't care about it, probably aren't even going to buy Diablo M and probably aren't even invested in the Diablo ecosystem. Basically, I'm going to get a lot of yeah. hate mail for that, but I'm prepared to receive it. Send oh. it to squidgy at grabrogman.com. Oh, <laughs> um, well, what, what you're on about is the thing that people refer to as me tooists. Yes. The people at the back of the crowd that will go me too, push someone forward and then I'll give Yes, up. right. There's a lot of discussion about this in the Terry Pratchett books. When he talk mm. when he talks about Ank Mopok and how Ank Mopok is all about a crowd system and people get angry, the Me Tooists are people in Ang Mopok. These are the people at the very back of the crowds, like Squidgy said, the people at the back of the crowds who can't even see or hear the person at the front who's complaining, going, Yeah, me too, and pushing the people in front of them further towards the conflict. This is what is happening. This is what we're seeing with Diablo M. Yeah, unfortunately. I agree. I think it's a um, a case where a lot of the backlash that they're likely to receive in the longer term is going to be from people who are caught up in the initial surge, mm. but only peripherally, not as a result of having been there yeah. or having watched it online, mm-hmm. um, but as a result of the negative press wave. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much in a case of I won... Um, as as G can attest to this, especially when it comes to stuff like Portal 2, I won't look at anything for a game and just to specifically annoy the hell out with him. I won't even play the game for the first month so he can't talk to me about it. But I won't judge something until I've experienced it myself. Hmm. Because then I can form my own opinion. So I will never be in that crowd of, oh, look at this, look at that. I'll, I'll enjoy the, um, the piss-taking around it. The internet memes and stuff, because you tend to get a lot of good the ones. Controversy, yeah, that the controversy, that controversy stuff. But I will actively either take part in it or take it to heart because it's not my opinion; it's someone else's. That's fair enough. But like I say, I do feel like immediately the immediate reaction is people who weren't there, who weren't invested in the Diablo experience, who weren't invested in the Diablo um, community who are reaching out going, how dare you release a mobile game while standing right at the back of the mm. queue of people who are actually upset about this. There's maybe, I'm not trying to dismiss this, but there's maybe 
200, 400 people who were actually upset about this, whereas the actual, like the rest of the world, the gaming world, the Twitterverse seems to be really angry about this for no real reason whatsoever. Mm. Well, as a player of, of all three of the original Diablo series, um, Diablo when Bros. I, yeah, man, Woo! When Diablo Bros. D- Dean Ambrose. Diablo Bros. He's a wrestler. Mm, Nando's. Um, <laughs> Anyway, when I I heard about the the mobile, um, I wasn't upset or anything. I I was, I I must admit, I released an internal groan about the the idea of it. Yeah, just an eye roll, same as me, really. Yeah, that's about it. That was the most I could muster. And I will wait and see how good or bad a job they make of it. I probably won't play it, but. As, as long as I'm not going to join the deluge of trash opinion. Yeah, as, as long as they don't do what they did with Dungeon Keeper, I think you know. See, Dun- Dungeon Keeper Mobile was diabolical. At the end of the day, or the Harry Potter game. Oh right? yeah. At the end of the day, it's a video game, and you're a consumer. You don't have to, and I'm going to have to censor myself here. But you don't have to fucking buy the game mm. if you don't want to buy the fucking game. You know, just because you see yourself as a gamer, you apply this label to yourself. But you're you don't have gonna... to buy the game. That's the consumer trap. Everyone worries about missing out. What if it is actually true? Yeah. Well, then, then what you, you do, have to buy the game. What you do is you wait a month, like Squidgy does, wait a month to see what the, the actual response is rather than the, I read this on Twitter and I don't like it. You wait until the actual product comes out. Make a, <laughs> it's rare a, you put your real voice on that. Well, exactly. Wait until the actual <laughs> product comes out. Wait until you're able to form an actual subjective, realistic opinion of it and then buy it. Mm. Don't complain about something that you're not going to f- buy at the end of the day you know yeah. it's like if i same person we were talking about why are people queuing up to buy shoes well who f-ing cares if they want to queue up to buy shoes let them buy shoes you queued up to buy a f-ing iphone who cares <laughs> do you know but it's the same thing right why are you complaining about this thing well because they clearly because they it want... means something to them exactly <laughs> let the people who it means something to complain about it everyone else shut up and let everyone else have an opinion about it let's scream going very fast back towards the plot <laughs> B, I, I hear you've been here and you've been playing uh, the latest version of Grand Theft Auto he's not been here at all you said he's, he's, he's been, been playing that of course, yes, I have been playing Grand Theft Auto. I wanted you to say, of course, then. Let's try that again. Of course, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto. Yay! Cut. I'll be quiet. I could hear that being edited out as we said it. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's all staying in. Oh, God. So, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, a.k.a. Red Dead Redemption 2. And my word <laughs> yes it's i mean never heard of it yeah it's very hard. as a pc gamer i've never heard of it it's it's kind of baffling that it has never come to pc or at least the first one didn't Bastard. i really do think this this one will um eventually if only because i i think they're falling after the success they made in the past exactly and not and not just that because like the other grand theft Auto's were still successful on pc the one that's the thing that's really um mm. what i think is really gonna tip the balance that's happened since gta Four and five's release compared to Red Dead One and Red Dead Two is simply Grand Theft Auto Online. Two K make masses, and I saw the press release of just how many masses. It's like a massive. It's a ridiculous part of their businesses. 
is microtransactions. I mean, 2K, Take-Two, they're the same company, and we all know how bad they are with microtransactions in NBA 2K, for example, where they actually tried to ask Belgian people to write to their government to get loot boxes unbanned because they say no, because then we can give the proper experience. Anyway, Grand Theft Auto V, famously on PC, has microtransactions, inverted commas, it's not like a forced thing and it's not intrusive as such, but you can buy shark cards to increase your money. And that has done absolutely gangbusters for them for Grand Theft Auto V profits on the PC and other formats. So for them to then, when Red Dead Online comes out, if Take-Two you know, go, well, we could release on that on PC, but we won't because we just like to ignore all this money we could be getting. Not going to happen. <laughs> you know, it, I think Red Dead Redemption 2, it might take a year, but I think it's almost certainly eventually going to come to PC in some form. As for the game itself, I mean, it's it's hard to say what hasn't already been said about it because, I mean, especially as, uh, when, by the time this goes out, there's a lot of things to say. It's a massive game. There's a hell of a lot of things to do. I've currently played maybe two hours a day. So let's say I've played about 12 to 15 hours and I'm still literally in chapter two, having only just got the first John Marston mission. So, and John Marston was the hero of the first game for anyone who hasn't played the first game for whatever reason. And um, there is so much to do. So can I just really quickly, spoiler alert here. So yeah, um, I mean, it's it's hard to whether John Marston being in it is a spoiler, to be fair. But yeah, it's because it, it was in the advertisements. But yeah, there's, there's it's a prequel and it's set before the previous game. The open world is absolutely massive. I mean, Red Dead Redemption, the first one, felt really big. And this one just exponentially a lot bigger the things i will say about my experience with red dead personally is that the i think there is quite a lot of like minute busy work that i'm still not sure if i like as such and whether it actually adds anything to the game or it just makes it a bit more fiddly than it needs to be because there's things such as feeding yourself to get your these cores up and there's a whole there's systems about making sure you're wearing the right clothes in the right weather conditions to also help like boost your start. Basically, if you're wearing the wrong clothes, it can make your health core go down. If your health core goes down, I mean, just explaining it kind of shows how complex it is. Um, if your health core is lower than it should be, then your health will go down faster, which is a separate bar around your health core that can go, yeah, that can go down faster. But if you keep it built up, then you actually it, you can level it up. So not only do you heal faster, but then you also get more health like instant health etc etc and then you've got that for your horse as well and i do like the the whole looking after your horse and actually you're actually encouraged to take care of your horses whereas they were quite disposable in the first game this time you're rewarded like if you you bond with a horse you can build up your horse bond and you brush it to clean it etc etc and a bonded horse will perform better for you yeah there's just like there's so much to do with the hunting there's looking after your camp there's upgrading your camp there's the missions themselves, which are pretty much classic Red Dead GTA fare so far. The open world doesn't actually kick in until Chapter 2. So the opening chapter can be a bit slow and feels a bit more... It's a very slow-paced game. And that's good, really, because, I mean, especially with the price of games, you want them to last a long time. Um, but it does feel like you're a bit railroaded in until, like I say, that second chapter and everything opens up. And it's just like, wow, there's so much to do but I am really enjoying my time with it. And it just feels like it feels like a more 
expansive world than GTA did, frankly. And I'm very much looking forward to Red Dead Online when that launches. Because, yeah, the world is just so much more varied and it feels feel like there's a lot more variety to it. So I've, I've got to ask, Pete, it's, it's a really important question. From stuff that I've seen online and yes. how, how the game has been glitching out and doing stuff, oh, have you been knocked off your horse by a raging deer yet? Not by a raging deer yet, no. But I have managed to face plant my horse into a tree that sent me, like, sent both me and the horse ragdolling in separate directions, sort of like um, a wishbone around the tree. <laughs> which was uh, pretty hilarious. I've seen plenty of shenanigans, including a guy tr- was going through the forest and there was a fallen tree. Yeah. And he tried jumping over it. The horse knocked him off, <laughs> at which point he stood up, turned around the horse, just about got onto his feet, and then a fallen tree hit his horse and killed it. Oof. What about the um, the Jaffa cake bear? Yes. I, c- I can't remember where we're going with this. I can't remember the so script, this is something you were telling me about. This, this... There, was a, there was a bear... That jumped out of the air that oh, was bright God, orange. Was, was, I, I remember when I played the first Jaffa Cake slash Donald Trump bear. Yes, the, in in the first Grand Theft Auto when I played that, um, I was doing some of the hunting missions, and you know the one where you got to take down a bear, but you got to kill it with a knife, right? For something I can't remember what it was, and I was trying to do that, and this bear jumped out of me and it glitched out slightly, <laughs> and it had an orange tint on it, so it's a Jaffa bear. I believe the orange bear was a legendary bear, so it had a slightly different coloured skin. No, 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 this wasn't a legendary bear. I I could see it glitching in front of me, at which point I, I got on a horse and then it killed the horse. <laughs> These kinds of things are going to happen as games get more and more complex. There is only so much that a video game, as a, as a developer, there is so, only so much that a video game engine can provide, at which point you're writing scripts to make it do things it's not originally meant to do, at which point something's going to screw up and then it's going to go all weird. Like, you know, when Fallout 4 came out and there was the rotating head debacle. No, you know, it was um, New, uh, Vegas. New Vegas. Okay, Fallout New Vegas with yeah, the rotating heads. And and what happened there was, so the way that animations are stored is they're not, the whole animation is not stored. There are keyframes. So this is once every 25 frames. The animation is then, so if it's a character smiling, it might be a character with bitchy resting face, then a character who's slightly smiling, then a character who's full smiling. And the idea is that the runtime, the version of the game that is running as you're playing, figures out how to animate between bitchy resting face all the way up to full smiling with those keyframes glued in. But the problem is that the more things you add in means the less time you have to test it and the less we are not going to talk about. We are not even going to slightly even cover the amount of effort that has been poured into Red Dead 2 because that is already being reported everywhere else Mm. with talks of unionizing and not unionizing pro tip i'm a developer it would never happen you can't unionize developers they're trying to hate cats really exactly (laughs) it's not going to happen there's a there's a long list of reasons why it wouldn't happen but there is a shed load of effort gone into red dead 2 and i applaud the developers and the designers and the graphic artists and the sound artists and the physics artists. everyone who has been involved in red dead 2 it is an amazing piece of effort that has gone into what looks like a fantastic game. I am not detracting from that. But what I am detracting from is that sometimes I feel like there's a little bit too much effort put in. Um, there, was, there was one hell of a crunch. In the, yeah, in the, oh, right. in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. there the are too many things. I do feel that is yeah, something that we can't really talk about the game without covering at least a little bit in terms of, yes, that crunch. Exactly. So in case you're not aware, the story came out. The, there was an interview just before Red Dead came out where one of the Hauser brothers was speaking on how they'd worked like these 50-hour weeks to get some of the work done for Red Dead 2. He clarified later and saying that he was actually just referring to him and his writing team going on those 50 weeks, and he doesn't expect 
his employees to work that much. But then this whole snowballed out into a discussion about crunching overworking at studios. I think what Jay was saying that he's got an excellent point about you know the there's bigger these worlds there's a lot of effort that goes into them and so much work but you're still not going to catch everything and yet people are still expecting these games to come out people get annoyed when there's a delay i mean red dead was red was delayed by nearly a year already before it came out and yet there's a lot of discussion as whether some of the people were overweight or not and i think there was a really good point made by a few developers of rockstar because they also rockstar allowed their employees to finally talk about their hours and that and it was it you know, ostensibly it was to try and like as a good PR move to help them not come across as um, slave drivers but then there are some employees that had a good time of it and some employees that did not have a good time of it from from what we hear and it's sort of like a larger issue possibly within the industry itself but they were saying that if you then boycott the game because of it then they're still not getting rewarded so it's a bit of a catch-22 situation really yeah. um, and it's very hard to sort yeah. of and especially from our position as, I mean, James is a developer, yeah, but from our position as relative outsiders to really, you know, put a statement on what should be the best course of action. But it's interesting now that developers are now looking at their own processes to see, you know, are they overworking their staff? Because at the end of the day, even if, you, if you're overworking your staff, all right, you might get your thing out in time, but are you really getting the best results out of them? Exactly, right. So I... I mentioned earlier on the B is referred to it. I've said it a few times. I am a software developer. I'm not a video games developer, but I know enough people in the video games development community to tell you that in both video games development and standard application development, software development, systems development, there's two camps. There's the, I put in enough work to get me from nine until end of daytime, and then I'll maybe work an extra little bit and then stop and go home. And there's the, I am so proud that I've put in 800 hours of overtime this week because it means I've got loads of work done. And there is a real difference. And from my point of view, it is difficult to sit next to someone who is of a different opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. So I might be sat on, if I'm sat at a desk and there is a desk either side of me, one person might be the, I'm going to work until half five, six o'clock, and then I'm going to clock out and go home. And on the other side of me, there's someone who's there until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, goes home, falls asleep, gets up, comes back to work, works from eight until 10 o'clock at night again, then goes home, falls asleep. You know, there's that huge range of people. And, and the problem is that in development, there are two main schools of thought. There's the, I am glad that you are coming in and doing the work. And there's the, I'm really glad you're doing this unpaid overtime because usually it's unpaid overtime. Mm-hmm. And because that feeds in really well with the egos of the people who are putting in all this extra work. I've put in so much work this week and you're going to get to play it, Jeff, and it's going to be fantastic. And you'll be able to see the individual pixels that I have programmed for this game because there's a team of 5,000 developers and I'm only one cog in this tiny machine. Those shrinking horse testicles. Exactly. Yes. I've put five years of effort in the last week into these horse testicles and you will be able to see them grow and shrink as the seasons go by in the game and you will be so proud. And, and then the saddle swinging free. And then nobody notices it and then they go to their bosses and go i've put in so much effort and it's really good and then they don't get a raise and then they go i'm really upset that you haven't taken my you know i'm putting the silly voice on there i don't mean don't mean to make it sound like i 
moany sort of uh, teenagery, uh, really upset voice. Forget your point, man. But yeah, exactly right. the The problem is that there's this unhealthy balance you need to sort of sit between, and there's, mm. it's difficult to make someone go, "No, Jeff, you go home now because you've got a wife and you've got kids," or "Jeff, you go home now because it's seven o'clock at night and I want to lock up the office." Yeah. You know, and there's a difficult there's a difficult balance to to sit on there to to achieve. And whilst I'm not trying to side with Rockstar Management, mainly because I'd like to work for them, but, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, I'm not trying to side with Rockstar Management and I'm not trying to side with the developers. I'm saying that there is a happy medium that needs to be achieved by mm. both sides of the argument mm. and not just the media going, they're making them work really hard. And, not, and then all the developers going, we're working really hard so that you can play this fantastic game. There's an element of ego there. I'm happy that it's opened a conversation in the industry, and I think it's a yeah. conversation that's been a long time coming. It has, yeah. I was, yes. was going to mention that. Yes. I, I can't say much for sort of like the development side because that's not my fault here, but I'm glad when developers put so much effort into a game where they try and find as many books as possible yeah. before launch. So that, because it's, it's common practice now where if you get a new game, there's day one patches. Hell, there's, there's there's e- the- there are even patches for Shenmue and Shenmue 2. These yeah. are games that have been out for 12, 13 years. Yeah. yeah. And there so, are patches so, that are so available for them. There's patches for them. There's day one patches. There's, obviously, the smaller the patch, the quicker someone can get on. Of course. The thing that sort of annoys me is when you get a game and then the day one patch is bigger than the install from the disc. Yeah, because... So you might have like so, a, a 32 gig install from the disc, which won't take long, and then it gets halfway through the disc install, and depending on if it's PS4, Xbox, or PC, PC works a little differently, but on the Xbox, especially what happens is you get halfway through the install, and it goes, oh, you need an update before playing this, would you like to update now? And then you find out it's installing 32 gigs, but it needs a 55 gig update. Yeah, so again, as a developer, mm. right, I cannot speak for console development. I can only speak for PC and Mac, Linux, whatever, that sort of non-console development stuff. When you push out an update, you push out the files that have changed. You don't push out everything again. You push out, so you might have 5,000 files that make up the installation of the game, and you've screwed up file number two. You push out an update for file number two, Mm. right? I don't know how it works for console games. It might be completely different, but essentially... PS4 runs a variant of the Unix operating system and Xbone re- runs a variant of the Windows operating system. So the idea is not too different. But how those yeah. patch systems work, I don't know. I do know that consoles uh, have a slightly more convoluted process and that every update has to be approved by Sony or Microsoft before they're allowed to go on live. So that does take a bit of extra time than a PC one. So that says to me that it follows like the mobile app development process so if you you release an app for the ios environment it has to go through apple they literally review the code they look through the lines of code they have someone there who is a developer who looks at the individual lines of code and runs it through a debugger in a safe area to see what will actually happen on the iphone or the ios device they then pass it to someone who will then run it and make sure that it passes whatever quality checks they have does it use too much CPU time, too much RAM time? Does it use too much bandwidth? Does it download things that it shouldn't be downloading, that kind of thing? And then they'll either okay it or they'll not okay it. Now, when you push an update to the iOS area, and the same, kind of the same with Android, Android is more open and free, but iOS is probably the best example we have for this. When you push an update for iOS, the whole app needs to be rechecked. So I'm guessing it's probably the same for console games in that when you push an update for the console game, you need to basically push the entire disc and its contents out. I, I can't say for all of the games, but I know 
recently I had a, a rather sizable update for the first Resident Evil HD remake mm-hmm. for the Xbox. And doing a little digging on Reddit and other things and what have you, I actually found out why the the update was slightly bigger than the base game because the base game's a little over 15 gigs mm-hmm. and the update's like 18, I think it is. And I didn't quite understand, so I went looking. And someone, for the life of me, I'm sorry if you hear this, but I can't remember your name. They explained that how it works with Resident Evil is it's language packs. And it's a Chinese language pack. And the only way that that could be implemented is if they implement it in the game and you download the entire game again to save bugs and crashes. So, so I know that work, how that works with Resident Evil Remix. That's how Capcom do it. Okay, so that probably uses the same system across all of the mm-hmm. consoles. So... Yeah. To download the update for the game, you literally need to download the contents of the disc. Or, because, or, or at the very least, all of the patches on one go, so it can just... Yeah. So yeah. in computer programming, we have this idea of a delta. So you have file one, which might have the, uh, the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 across separate lines. So the first line says 1, second line says 2, all the way down to 5. And the second version of the file might have those files and then the number 6 on a separate line after it. When you take a delta, you take the differences between those files if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So instead of downloading a copy of the file that has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, you just download the bit that says add a new line and then write 6 at the end. Mm. So what I'm guessing is that for most console games, they don't have a Delta system. Those of you who use Android OS, when you download an update for an app, even though it says this app takes 250 megabytes of hard drive space and you hit download and it downloads like that it's because it's downloaded the delta it's downloaded the individual bits that have changed so it can yeah so it can apply those changes whereas it sounds like the consoles you have to download the entire system again Mm -hmm. which to me is a huge waste of bandwidth but it might be the best way of supporting that system i don't know i'm not in that case it's the best way to prevent glitches because you're just getting a brand new copy exactly yeah exactly rather than rather than change this file and hope that it works which is kind of how Windows Update works. And anyone who's un- installed the recent to recording now Windows 10 update will know that it wipes your computer of certain files. Whether it's been fully tested or not, I don't know. But that's a Delta update rather than... So it, the, the difference there would be that it, have to, it would have to re-download the entire Windows. But it feels like with the console games, you have to download the entirety of the game to avoid certain situations like that, where maybe you have patch two, but you don't have patch four. And if you run it, it breaks. No, you'll just download the entire game again, which seems like a waste of bandwidth initially. But the more you think when, about it, it makes more sense. When, when you compare it to, I can't remember which Ash Creek game it was, but was it Rogue, where you had to download one patch, then another one, and then a third one, but you had to download it in a certain order to get it working? There was like three patches and it was like over 100 gigs in total. I think that may have been Unity. Unity, that's oh, the, You know, yeah. where you had the, the, the whole... Famously bad one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it and it'll probably get beat anywhere, but the absolute cluster of that. <laughs> it's a better way of doing it, I think, now. It takes longer, but with the inclusion of more people having access to fibre, including myself, it doesn't take that long. But anyway, I just want to go screaming back to a point I made yes. earlier on. You know so about the Jaffa bear? <laughs> The, the point that I made, the Jaffa, yeah, the bear. Jaffa mm-hmm. bear for Red Dead. Was it Red Dead 1? Red Dead Horsey 1, yeah. Yes. GTA now, Horsey 1. Yeah, GTA Horsey. It was it was chasing me. It, it made me jump, I'll be honest. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I had a shotgun. Ended up shooting in the face. It wasn't the double-barrel Aussie death shotgun. But before that, I was trying to use the Eddie Izzard defense of Bunch of Flowers. Bunch of Flowers. Bunch of Flowers, but it wasn't working. But what I realised is there's a time and a place for that. For the bunch of flowers. For the bunch of flowers. So maybe when you're getting chased by a bear, Mm. maybe not working, and maybe 
for other things like a colonoscopy, it won't work. You, you just you need to know your audience. You really do. Um, well, it but, depends on where they're pulling the budget yeah, players yeah, from. Yeah, that, that, that could depends, be fairly off-putting. Yeah, and it depends if it still classes a game, because call on game, if we mentioned it last time, you we should did, not Google that. We did when we talked to Jay-Z. Do not so shout Google out to Jay-Z. That. We talked about call on gaming, yeah. and you shouldn't Google it. Don't Google it, Jay-Z. Do not Promise Google, me Google, Google it. Lessons yeah. we have learned. Please, I've been on the internet longer than most of you have been alive. I'm going to Google that. Oh, my God! Um, I'm, so, I'm not going to ask about um, the latest wrestling game, B, because I haven't got it yet. <laughs> so I'd rather not you know, have you spoil that for me. So just real quick, we've asked you where he's been playing. You've been playing Destiny 2. You've been playing anything else? Um, mostly I have been playing lots of little friendly games because my four-year-old That's fair has, has become enamoured of such things. So Epistory... I'm going to call it Air, A-E-R. I can't remember the subtitle for that game. But it's a beautiful little cartoonscape, and you can turn into a bird and flap about. And that's basically what we spend most of the time doing playing that game. Um, and when we're not flapping about, then we are finding lambs who will shoot love hearts at you and follow you around relentlessly, unless you go on this one particular bridge we found. In which case, the lambs will attempt to drown themselves. That's not good. I got dark <laughs> They are immortal. They will oh, come God. back. But, yeah, they just kind of wade into the water and refuse to go on the bridge. And, yeah, they'll suddenly and dramatically disappear. And you'll be like, oh, no. Has it finally happened? The Dark Lord will be summoned. I was, was going to say, <laughs> if they don't disappear and they just end up being in the water, surely if there's enough of them, you can create a bridge out of them and go across the <sighs> That's an idea. However, it's a very dark idea. But, yeah, you it know, is. It so, is. Silver lining and all that. So, yeah, I've been playing that. <laughs> um, and as I said, Epistory, which is a little touch-typey game with a beautiful sort of paper craft graphic aesthetic to it. Very lovely. And I've been occasionally dabbling with Strange Brigade again. <laughs> because why not? Why not indeed? I just want to jump in and say that it might be marketed to little ones who are a little bit younger than yours, but there's a fantastic game by a computer programmer called Scott Hanselman called Baby Smash. It sounds really horrible. Let me explain it. Don't just judge that essentially it displays a color on screen like red and they have to put their hand on the screen to mm-hmm. splash the red bit or maybe a blue. But the later levels are like the word blue and they have to tap the word. But I feel like it's a little uh-huh. bit later than yeah, your little like, like, like a learning. Yeah. Like, like um, a learning game. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. That sounds good. There you go. And yes, the title does sound a bit horrific. It does, doesn't it? Baby Smash. But then again, I'm a big fan of a beautiful little indie game from way back. Well, I say way back. From at least, you're talking five or six years Mm. since I last heard of it. It's a beautiful little game called Gesundheit. And the whole graphic aesthetic of this game is it's hand-drawn in crayon. Ah, yes. <laughs> and the whole premise of it is that you play this little pig with a cold and as you're laying tucked up in bed, a bunch of monsters come to town and scare everybody else in town away. However, these particular monsters are helpless, helplessly drawn to the snot that you can sneeze to varying distances, depending on how long you hold your mouse button down. Well, everyone loves a bit of bacon jam, don't they? God damn right they do. Um, it's, yeah. It is absolutely... Uh, I mean, it's like 
not a game that requires a lot of mental capacity of you. Really? So it's an act. It, it's a it. beautiful little gem. <laughs> there, there is that. I will, I will bring it your way because it is a beautiful game. Mm. And the music is all very kind of kiddie and mm. nursery rhymey in the background. And it's just, I find it quite, quite wonderful to play, <laughs> even though one of my favourite hobbies is to deliberately get the pig eaten by the monsters <laughs> instead of, I'm sorry, it's just the Shooting hilarious way it goes, wee, 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 as it's being eaten. <laughs> um, yes, the panicked squeals. Sorry, cartoon pig, but it's worth it. Oh, piggly. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's just so beautiful. Very silly, very light entertainment, and a matter of a few megabytes. But it was just this indie title that was on, um, initially, I think I found it on a cover disc that was top 50 random indie titles at the time. And it's just one that has stayed with me over the, like I say, probably easily six or seven years for like 30, 40 megs of your hard drive space. You could do a lot worse. Obviously it terrifies the little one because she's not a big fan of seeing monsters eating pigs. So never mind. Give her time. <laughs> I don't know. She's she's big on the anti-monster patrol at the minute. Oh, still. Well, fair enough. But they don't exist. I mean, but it's a good. But they do exist. But you're too a, young to know about that. It's a good stand to take. The anti-monster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Daddy, yeah. don't don't leave me. The monsters are here. No, I think you'll find that's actually part of the double glazing window frame <laughs> behind the curtain. That's all it is. But just to be sure, give it a punch. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, what else have you been playing, B? You've been playing Grand Theft Auto Horsey? I've also been playing... You might, you might have to get the bleak machine ready for this. Bastard Cheating Friendship Destroyer. This sounds, this sounds like a hobby of mine. That's <laughs> like a hobby. It does, yeah. yeah. Is, is, is yeah. this Mario Kart by chance? I'm intrigued. This is indeed Super Mario Party. The game that destroys friendships and is a cheating little bastard in every possible way. It's like... That one I will bleep. <laughs> it's like... Uh, and, yeah. and just just as an aside, there's no need to swear like that. I'll have fucking less of that, right? <laughs> well, you know, if, if, if you play this game, and yes, I, I will be bringing it round with my Switch at some point, so we will be playing this game. <laughs> well, you, you can try, but you, you're not going to top the amount of swearing I heard you say over XCOM, vo- uh, XCOM, Xbox voice chat when you were playing Super Meat Boy. I've never heard yeah, you yeah. be on gerbils that much in my life. Can we please have an episode of the podcast where the bee doesn't talk about the Switch? I have a real feeling that <laughs> Nintendo are going to think that we're somehow putting an invoice in. Hang <laughs> on, you're going to complain I mean, about that? I don't mind. I will split. We'd get paid, yeah. <laughs> Whatever switch money they give us between the four of us, I'll take the majority. I will split the, the money between the four of us, but even so. Can I say, I want I want it known on the record, I went one hour and 13 minutes before I mentioned the switch, and I think that's a new record that should be applauded. I feel like that should be the intro to the episode. Briefly. I'm pretty sure he mentioned it earlier. Yeah, probably yeah. did. Maybe briefly. It doesn't matter. We locked you up in a dungeon last time and you still didn't learn your lesson. What do you mean last time? I'm still there now. Why do you think I'm satelliting in? He, that's why he's dialing in to the call, because we've left him in the dungeon and you've forgotten the bloody key. <laughs> exactly. No, I know where the key is. I knew this was going to happen. That's why he's staying in there. 
Anyway, Super Mario Party. Um, yeah, so yes, it's a, it, it, like I said, it's a game that destroys friendships. And I mean, it seems weird that I should buy this when primarily I would play it single player, but it's actually a lot of fun. Um, I mean, both single player and multiplayer. Strangely enough, it has an online mode, but you can't play the main thrust of the game, which is like the dice rolling board game. You can't play that online. You can only play like a selection of mini games. But yeah, in case you're not aware, Mario and his friends do some party, which it mean actually means that they go around a board, you throw a dice, and these dice have different properties, and you go around the board collecting money to get stars. Then you do mini games between each round, which get you more coins, and hopefully get you more stars. And then it doesn't matter what you do from all that, because then at the end, there's two bonus stars given out at random that will completely F you over. <laughs> so that's why it, it destroys friendship, and it is swear word, unfair and cheating little, because even when you're winning and then suddenly the two bonus stars, it decides, oh, I'll give a bonus star to the person who landed on the most bad luck spaces and I'll give a star to the person who moved the least. Cool. Now they've got two stars and have won the game because they've got more stars than me who earned those legitimately, you etc. Um, but yes, no, the, the mini games are fun. There's like different ones such as uh, some of them you have to like shoot a load of blocks off a wall. Um, there's one where you have to do parcel delivery. Using all the arrivals. But, yeah, there's a, a very nice one where you've got to use, you, you use the, because you play on just using one joystick, even if you're playing single player, you just play with one Joy-Con as opposed to the two that you get with the console. And you um, you have to get in line for a picture that's been taken by a camera held by a Goomba somewhere in the arena. And you've got one button A and you've just got to smack everyone else out the way so that you're in the centre of the picture and the closer to the centre of the picture where you get the most points. So essentially that's the Donald Trump <laughs> version of, you know, when he tried to push his way through the people at the G8 summit. Oh, get out of the way, I want my picture taken. <laughs> I, I'm slightly worried we've mentioned like three times now on this podcast. We're gonna, I'm going to say if, you, if you, you're worried about switch, switch money, I'd be more worried about Trump money. Confirmed, this is not the Trump cast. <laughs> God, no. The boards are varied, and a nice mechanic in this latest version is that each character has their own individual dice. So everyone gets a normal dice. Which I thought you were going to say, the nice mechanic is the character they introduced the new mechanic. No, no. Everyone has a standard dice. One six. <laughs> we've lost him. But Sorry, then... we've lost We've lost Kaprogman. <laughs> there he goes. Each, each character... <laughs> Each character has their own dice, and they have different properties. So, for example, and I'm, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, so I might get details wrong here, but for example, Warriors has like two of the spaces on the six-sided dice um, are plus two coins, and the other four are like six, seven, eight, nine. So you have a chance of rolling a six, seven, eight, nine, or you might just get two extra coins instead, and you've got to use them strategically. And then you can also land on spaces that allow you to call allies, and then you can have other people in your team, so to speak. So you might get like Mario or Peach or whatever, and then you can use their dices for your main role, and then they'll also roll a dice of their own from one, between one and two to boost your score a little bit as well. There's a load of other game modes as well as the main board game mode. There's like a territory one. There's one where you've got to go down a river that's like a sort of... If you remember Outrun, the game Outrun, where you could choose like which direction to go at the end of a stage, you do that through like a river course, which is really quite fun, and you also have to... There's like quite a few nice little trick with the motion sensors where it encourages you to high-five everyone who's playing with you and then you get a bit extra coins. There's also these... Is that like high-fiving in the face with your fist? <laughs> it just says to high-five. It's up to you if you want to put your hand in their face. I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying it's possible. It's, it's there. Yes. It's there. You know, it's, it's something you can pull out the bag and then beat them with the bag as well. Exactly. So 
My most important question to you be yeah. about Mario Party 412 or whichever version of it is. Just Super Mario Party, it's called this one. <laughs> is there a surprise Waluigi? There is Waluigi and it's not a surprise. But yes! <laughs> there yes! Is Walu- Waluigi is in this game. No! He didn't make it into Smash, but he did make it into Super Mario Party. And his dice, I think, is all three. He got pipped at the post by a piranha plant again. <laughs> per- damn piranha plant. Um, but yeah, there's also some mini games where if you've got two switches, you can actually like put them on the table and then like you can like move them around. Now I get it. You say, "Well, bring it round to show you." You want me to buy it so you can do the switch thing, don't you? No, that's not the. That's not. I, the I know your game. I want. I, no, that's not the. No, not the only just, reason. But it's not a nice lucrative bonus from Nintendo. That's exactly, it, right? Switch. Exactly. That's yeah, the thing. Exactly. <laughs> two switches. Yeah, right. It's like the loading ready run video. You may have one PS3. But I have three PS3s. And then the sequel, you may have one PS4, but I have four PS4s. You may have four PS4s, but I have a map and a shotgun. That's exactly it. <laughs> I'm after that sweet, sweet Miyamoto Moolah. That's, that's what I'm after. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not a WWE wrestler? Miyamoto Moolah. Miyamoto Moolah. B, B, I, I want to see a screenshot of you creating a character in the, late, in the new wrestling game of Miyamoto Moolah. <laughs> Ch- I, want, I want finishing champion. moves the works. Yeah, the transgender champion. We, we, we want to see that, right? Think, That's your homework. I think that will be very, very problematic, <laughs> especially for. I don't care. Like. It's happening. <laughs> Given what she was known for. That's, that's what you want <laughs> to do. <laughs> there's different mini games, like I say, with the moving of uh, consoles, for example. But there's also like some really good, like little territory mini games. There's also like a, a, ri- a weird rhythm and dancing mini game. Where you're just supposed to, I can hear the fireworks going off in the background where you are, by the way. Where, where you kind of do your, 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 your rhythm, you stick to a rhythm, and then the mini games that follow it kind of all follow this sort of weird music game theme. Well, given the amount of time he spends alone in his room, I'm sure he's quite disgusted. Yeah, right, yeah. Mini games. Stick in the rhythm, you know. Of course, yeah. Mini games with plenty of rhythm. There's a lot of stick waggling. Shaking his control. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a waggle stick like I do. <laughs> I'm. I'm very much the only person who calls mine a Joy-Con, so, you know. <laughs> so, better than you put in a con in Joy-Con. Brilliant. It's to bring us back to some kind of semblance. So, right, my entire experience of Mario Party was the N64 version. Second yeah. one from the centre of your hand. Yeah, so how would, yeah, exactly. How would you compare, if you can compare, the N64 version to the brand new Super Duper brought to you by Nintendo Switch version? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I will say it would be tricky for me to do that because this is actually my first Mario Party. Did I get the one on the D- I think I got the one on the DS. I don't remember much of it. But this one does feel... Um, I have seen like a lot of footage of the older ones and, and seen a few Let's Plays. And this does feel like a more complete package in Safaris. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of different options. The games are, are fun and it does feel like the, the Switch... Just because the Switch as a console, especially you know the N64 was just a, a standard console with a controller, Again, I, I, I'm not playing the previous ones. I can't speak for the Wii or the Wii U ones, but the Switch, just the, the the nature of the Switch in its both its portability mode and the fact that you know the controllers, you've got motion controls and all that, it just feels more well suited to the Switch as a console. And the game feels like it complements that very well. It portability and how it's just like this simple thing you can just get out, have a play, wreck a friendship or two, completely never speak to each other again, and then take it away and, you know, you've had a good time. Are we time. talking about masturbation again? A, a bit both, yes. A bit both. Okay. He's not about his Joy-Cons again. Super Mario Party. It's just like masturbation. There's your box quote, Nintendo. <laughs> we'll accept checks or PayPal. 
Hang on, hang on, hang on. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> that's the trailer, right? That's the trailer, yeah. That's the trailer, right? Glad to be of service. You've done it. We've lost G. He's laughing too much. So, okay, so aside from, what did we say? Grand Theft Auto Horsey. And, and shamelessly plugging. And, and yeah, and Super Mario Brothers, the board game. What else have you been playing? Have you been playing anything else? Is there anything that's jumping out in your memory going, yes, I played this game and it was fun? Been quite a lot out. So um, the Shadow of the Tomb Raider, obviously latest outing for, for Lara. Yeah, it's quite fun. I had no idea you were a Tomb Raider fan. Who would have known it? It's almost like I've helped write a book about it. <laughs> Who would have known? Here's, here's a really funny thing, actually. I, I recently... I was asked to contribute to a Mega Man book, which I have done, and that's that's come out like the 30th anniversary of Mega Man. That's recently come out in time for Mega Man 11, and I've never played a Mega Man game in my life. But thankfully, my job didn't involve having to know anything, so that's okay. Um, but yes, Shadow Tomb Raider, it's good. It's I honestly don't think it's my favourite of the modern Tomb Raider franchise. I think Rise did a lot of things better. But it's a very competent Tomb Raider game. It's um, It feels a lot similar to the last one. The new outfits are pretty cool. There is a lot more focus on puzzle and exploration than outright shooting, which is good, but then it doesn't yeah. really do anything majorly new that's worth singing about. But it's still a very solid game and good fun. The f- game I actually had more fun with that came out at the same time and I did get at the same time is the Spider-Man PS4 game. And my goodness, if you want a Spider-Man game on console... I mean, the best one previously was that the Spider-Man 2 movie tie-in on the GameCube. I do think this surpasses it. It is an absolute joy to play, movement swinging around, using your spider powers is so much fun. It's got a really nice flowing combat mechanic, and it's got all these little touches that make the world of New York and Spider's New York in particular just feel so alive and specific. So you've got this like social media feel. So it's, it's swinging around and free movement, and... Um... Spider touches. Little touches. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, yes. I'm Once again, um, I'm talking about masturbation. Yes. Flinging your fluid. <laughs> Do you want me to not be able to edit this episode down? <laughs> well, this, this, this. <laughs> not my problem, mate. You don't live with me. I hear you laughing. It really is, yeah. I did. I platinumed the game because it is actually a lot of fun. I still have to get the DLC. And they've just added a new game plus and a harder difficulty as well that I want to go back and do. So I'll probably do that when all the DLC comes back. So he's going to go back to flinging his fluid. Um, yeah, it's got these little touches, like a, a social media feed that updates as you're going along. So like you, you'll see messages and that. And because the world is like this sort of how the story evolves with the how the world evolves, you get all these little like mm-hmm. nods to, to other Marvel things. So the Avengers Tower is in the game. You've also got Doctor Strange's I've forgotten what it's called, but the, his base or whatever. And the characters are just written so well, like the Peter Parker, the Octo Octavius, the Mary Jane, the Aunt May. This is, I would actually say, I do enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming, but I would actually say this Spider-Man game is actually better than the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans as a movie. <laughs> so, like, I know Homecoming's the Tom Holland one, so I'm saying it's not quite as good as that, but it is better than the the Andrew Garfield ones, and um, it's just a really good story, really well written, and it feels, I definitely would say, one of the highlights of the year in terms of story plus gameplay marrying together in such a way that it's just a blast and fun. That's the, the main point, is that it's fun to play, and that's what, what, what more do you want from a game? Also, the photo mode is spectacular, to use a Spider-Man pun, I guess, because um, you can put so many filters on and put these like comic book things on, and the city of 
New York in the game is just so well realised that it's just a joy to play about in that Metropolis playground. Metropolitan. 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 Thank you. Metropolitan playground. And he's a writer. Uh, Well, I'm a writer, not a speaker. (laughs) 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 That's my excuse. That's what I'm sticking to. But yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, highly recommended. Definitely get hold of it if you can. See, my problem with the Spider-Man games, right? Is the same thing. Have a lot of problems today. My okay, right. <laughs> I have a lot of problems today, but my problem with the Spider-Man games is my same problem with the Spider-Man movies. Is that how many times can you tell the same fucking story and make the same fucking game? Very true. Have you have you seen Homecoming? I'm assuming you no. have. Which one's that? Only because Homecoming is right? the Tom so, one. So yeah. So the reason I gave up on on all of the superhero movies is because they're all the same. Well. They are literally the same. Character comes in, oh, no, I have a problem. Then we spend an hour of exposition. Oh, no, now I have solved the problem. And then a bad guy comes up. Oh, no, there is a bad guy. And then they solve the Oh, yes, I have beaten the bad guy. It is exactly the same. You can even time the jokes to exactly the same beats. You just explained any story ever. I was going to say, I get you, but, yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Like the, that's, literally, that's like the basic ABC story structure. That's in most movies if you really look closely. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're more apparent in the superhero movies as well. Yeah, I'm no, I, I totally get you. I totally get you. Um, all right, I will say Homecoming does completely askew the Uncle Ben bit. He's mentioned. There's no, he gets bit, nothing. He just is, and he already is, and there's no going into it at all. Yeah. And even with regard to his um, Civil War appearance, you know, they don't attempt to sort of delve into it. Stark is just aware of yep. Peter Parker strokes by And it's just like a little bit in the intro, isn't it? And draws him into the yeah. plot of the film there. And I think they made a bold and smart decision in that. Definitely. Well, maybe not so bold, really, considering, as, as you did rightly complain, they have made so many efforts at retelling yeah. the creation story of Spidey. There's only so many times that I can hear with great power comes great responsibility told by an actor who's over the age of 40 before I feel the need to tear my arm off to throw it at the screen. I can categorically state that um, that line is not in Homecoming. Yeah. They actually deleted it. They cut it out. They don't even attempt it. Whereas yeah. with uh, the, the Garfield one, what's his name? Sheen, attempting to basically say with great power comes great responsibility yeah. without saying any of the words in that sentence. Yeah. But it's blatantly there. We believe that if a person has the power to do the thing that stops the bad, that stops the, the thing with the thing in it, <laughs> then, then a person has the has the responsibility. Oh, no! <laughs> I, I wouldn't normally mention... I wonder how many takes that took. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't normally mention any sort of movies like this, but you know the what used to be the annual piss day movie, like scary movie? Uh, yeah. Legend of Nielsen said it best, saying, with great power becomes bitches. Yeah, exactly. And I right. think that's what it should be. I do think that that line might be in the game some point, but it's a lot. It's a lot less hamfisted. <laughs> of course, it's in the f-ing game. Well, it's in everything related to Spider-Man. Well, like I said, it's not in the new movie. It may as well be. This is the story of how someone said that. How with great responsibility no. comes or whatever the bloody you quote can complain is. and everything, but at least it wasn't the old. Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Martha! Except that Batman yeah. versus Superman Martha, save Martha! Why did you say that? that She's is... his mom. And then cut to stepbrothers. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Badly. The, the, recent, the recent Batman movies have been Spider-Man, but with Batman shoehorned in. But I will say, the new game, like I said, though I think it's got the responsibility line in it, 
the game doesn't one does not do it ham-fistedly and two is a game like homecoming doesn't have him getting bitten doesn't have uncle ben dying whatsoever the story already starts within he's already been spider-man for about two years when the story begins in spider-man the only like sort of and i wouldn't even say it's a negative thing as such is that what supposedly you know played like a big twist obviously isn't if you have any knowledge of the comic box whatsoever i mean okay i'll I'll say a spoiler alert now and you can decide whether to keep this in or you cut it out You know, at, at the start, you're working for Otto Octavius. Who do you think he becomes by the end of the story? I thought you were going to say Otto Common. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jesus, that's who. Oh, yeah, Mecha G. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, in the PS4 game, there's lots of little nods to like every form of Spider-Man over the years. So if you're a fan of the comic books and of the, the, the character over the years, there's lots of little fun nods. Like There's one section where you end up trying to stop a train. So he gets in front of the train, and if you remember Spider-Man 2, he does a, a he does a web thingy at the buildings and tries to pull it and slows it to slow it down. But the webs break when he does it this time in the game, and he goes, "Huh, funny that web before." <laughs> <laughs> so that's like just like that's a nice little nod to Spider-Man 2. So it's like there's little nods and little knowing winks. It's very very cleverly written, and it doesn't insult the audience either. It's very. Nicely done, I think. All, all I want to know is, is, is there any Bruce Campbell in there? No, no, but there is Stan Lee. Not Lee. But they do Stan Lee in the perfect way. They don't just go, here's, I was going to say, like in um, Lego, where it's like, hi, I'm Stan Lee. Like, he actually makes a cameo like he would in the film. And the way they do it is perfect. I'm Stan Lee and this is Jackass. <laughs> I'm Stan Lee and I'm going to stand up too quickly. <laughs> the bowling ball isn't from nowhere. 